you get to try any port wine in Portugal? With the chocolate, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. It should be. Yeah, we don't drink, so we didn't, but we did okay. pass a shop for it. I don't think you did your dad? No, but I did buy several cans of very expensive fancy sardines, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam we're going for days at sea today lots of days at sea i know i'm really really jealous of our guests because i don't think there's really anything better on disney cruise line or really any cruise ship for that matter having back-to-back days at sea that's like just the ultimate in my mind maybe the only thing that beats it is like if you had back-to-back days at Castaway Key, I mean, that might be it. But yeah, super excited. Of course, we've had these guests on before, but it's been a while. We were just talking. It's been over a year since we've had them on the show. So welcome, Adrian and Emily. Hi, guys. Hello. So good to talk to you guys again. Before we dive into talking about your eastbound transatlantic, we need to remind our listeners and actually update our listeners because since we last talked to you, you have been on more cruises. But let's start with Emily. How many cruises have you guys been on? What itineraries? What ships? That sort of thing. All right. So now that it's finally available on the Disney website, I can tell you exactly. So my first cruise was actually in 1999 with my parents. I went on the magic. Um, I would have been uh, 16. I can, now everybody knows my age. But um, And then the next one was in 2003. I went on the wonder. And then I went again with my family in 2006. And then we had a bit of a, a, bit of a break. We got married. We had two children. Yes. <laughs> we went on a cruise um, also with my family. It was a Mexican Riviera cruise in 2012. So that Which was, you actually don't really remember much of it. All I, yes. Had we had two little kids. And <laughs> had this like Adrian's been like, yeah, I remember we did this. I'm like, I don't remember any of it. We didn't even remember that it was a seven night cruise yeah apparently it was. how long it was but it was a seven night cruise <laughs> <laughs> then once we had a third child which moved us into you know only family size rooms and just more expensive categories basically we took another another bit of a break um so a, a bit as in a 10-year break um last year in may we did a three-night cruise on the magic and then a week later, a three-night cruise on the Dream with all of our kids with <laughs> Disney World in the middle. And then last September, Adrian and I did um, just another three-night, but it was on The Wish. We went with the, um, the, Disney, the, Disney, podcast, yeah, the Disney Dish podcast, podcast cruise, um, which was so much fun. So our kids have not been on The Wish, which that was, you know, that was pretty sad. We left Ooh, them. That's rough. <laughs> and went yeah. on The Wish. Um, and then this one, the transatlantic. Awesome. Well, you're going to have to get your kids on the wish because as we've said on the podcast before, personally, we think that the wish is the best ship for kids, particularly kids that are Oceaneers club age, because that kids club is just over the top, amazing, fantastic. We love the wish. I love going down that slide. I did it twice myself during, <laughs> during open house. Uh, but we, we really loved The Wish. We thought it was a great show. Yeah, it is fantastic. Well, tell us how you landed on an eastbound transatlantic, because that's a pretty unique sailing. What's piqued your interest? How'd you decide to book an eastbound transatlantic cruise? Well, we didn't have it booked at first. We were thinking of doing another cruise, and we actually had an Eastern Caribbean cruise booked, and it was also going to be around Mother's Day. So we thought, hey, Emily turned a certain milestone age this year. 40. I already said it's our 40. We all calculated. (laughs) And it was going to be Mother's Day. And we (laughs) wanted to sort of complete our getting on all the ships. I don't know if it's a Grand Slam or a Quintella or what we're calling it now, but we wanted to get on all five ships. We wanted to go on the Fantasy. So we had a Southern or Eastern Caribbean booked. And then my parents happened, it was right after the paid and full day. So of course, just perfect timing. (laughs) My parents happened to be out here and we were talking to them. Uh, they live in Florida, they live in Tampa, and we were talking to them about going on a cruise and how they could get to Europe even on a cruise. And maybe they would enjoy They'd never been on a cruise before. My mom has some medical issues, so she doesn't necessarily eat. She has uh, the other accommodations for that. So we thought it could be really a really easy experience for them. And they said, oh, we, we would do something like that. And we said, well, you know, there's actually a cruise coming up that yeah. will take you to Europe and we can switch to that if you'd want to. And they said, yeah, sure. That sounds like a good idea. Like out of nowhere. <laughs> 
And we were oh like, God. <laughs> so we talked to our travel agent and we um, were able to actually switch our cruise for a very small penalty and, and there were guarantee rates at the time. So we booked my parents in a room. We booked two rooms for us and then some friends we actually made on the, the Wish on the Disney Dish cruise were sailing on it as well. So then we all sailed together. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, cruising with friends is the only thing better than just cruising, right? So <laughs> we love that. That's awesome. Well, were you excited to hear that the dream was going to be the, you know, sort of European ship for this season? Of course, we know that the magic used to be the ship that went over to Europe. You know, was that a plus, a minus, or just a, you know, whatever ship we don't really care? I think for me, it was a little bit of both because I don't know if you remember, but I love the aqua dunk on the magic. Yeah. So I would have loved that. But the the food, again, we have a lot of allergies. So the food was better for us on the dream than on the magic. I actually feel like the food was better for us on the dream than on the wish, honestly. So we were pretty excited when we found out that it was going to be the dream uh, on that sailing. I was just excited because I've always thought that's such a cool... I don't know. I just feel so classic, like traveling the Atlantic, you know, traveling the sea on a an ocean liner, right? I mean, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, and I just didn't think we would ever do it, but the guarantee rates were great. And when Adrian's parents said they would be interested, we said, I just, it was just thrilled that it all worked out, basically. Um, we, his dad grew up in Northern Italy. And so for years, we've wanted to go with our kids and take them to where he was from. And so this was kind of all wrapped up in that um, we'd wanted to go. Adrian's mom had some health issues, didn't work out, pandemic, and that didn't work. And his dad's in his early 80s. And so we just kind of felt like, hey, we really wanted to prioritize this and make it happen. So that, that was kind of the other factor that was playing into it for us. We probably won't have time to get into it. But at the end of the cruise, we actually flew to Northern Italy and spent a week and a half there with family and friends and um, were able to see where he's from and show our kids where he grew up and all that too. So that was the other kind of factor in all of it. Well, that's awesome. What are the ages of your kids? Because I know you you got a big bunch of them. And I know that you're able to go, uh, I mentioned we talked about this earlier, you homeschool your kids. And so you're not limited by school vacation times, which is fantastic. And I'm super jealous of, but I'm also not organized enough to do the homeschool thing for our kids. So yeah, tell us how old are your are your kids and, and what rooms did you end up booking. I know you said you you did, you know, three different rooms, one for your folks, Adrian, and then two for your family. So we our oldest is 14. And then we have a 12 year old, a 10 year old and a six year old. Um, also, our friends who are traveling with us, um, Jason and Benjamin, their daughter is seven. Um, so she fit really nicely kind of in with our kids and they all had a great time together. Um, do you want to explain the rooms? Yeah. And we actually all had booked guaranteed rates. Oh. And we had our travel agents link them all together. So Disney has always done us a solid with guaranteed rates. I know that some people don't really uh, get what they're looking for. But my parents had booked an interior room. The other three rooms, so our two rooms and our friends, were all veranda uh, state rooms. Um, and the funny thing was, I think at the time of my parents booking, it was only a $700 difference on a 13-night cruise to go from interior to veranda, but they wow. didn't feel like it was worth it to them. We wow. tried to convince them, but they said no. And they and they were happy with it, so it was okay. But, but they actually booked us. So Disney assigned us three veranda rooms in a row, two of them connecting for us, and across the hallway, an interior room for my parents. Wow. So we had 95.21 interior for them, 95.18 and 20 for us, and 95.22 for our friends. It That's amazing. I'm glad that um, Disney made it so easy for you guys. Um, so tell us, where did you sail out of and how did you get there? We sailed out of the beautiful port of Miami, which was, <laughs> let's call it a minor disaster on embarkation day. <laughs> Miami's terrible. <laughs> there were six ships that day. Oh my gosh. And their computer systems were all down. Oh gosh. So getting to the terminal was a challenge. Um, they couldn't do the luggage properly. So everyone's suitcases were just outside. Piles, piles and piles. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, that's terrifying. And everybody's, at least as far as we know, everybody's luggage got on board. <laughs> So we flew into Orlando and then we drove our rental car down to Miami and dropped off there and sailed out of the aircraft carrier hangar that is Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we chose Orlando so that we could just have, we, we flew in Friday. We left on a Sunday. So we flew in Friday night into Orlando just because we're crazy and we wanted a little tiny bit of Disney World time. <laughs> we honestly had to go get some beignets and mm. Scott Cats at Port Orleans. So that was really why we flew in Orlando. <laughs> 
Well, they don't have beignets on board the dream. So I understand, you know, if you had been on Wish or Wonder, you would have been able to get your beignets um, on board. And so you could have waited. But yeah, you know, priorities, you guys, you know, that's that's important. (laughs) (laughs) The port thing was a disaster. But how did actual boarding go? Like about what time do you think you actually got on board? The Disney Dream. Uh, we all had fairly early port arrival times, like eleven forty-five. The traffic was so bad. The we traffic was so our, bad. A bit after that. Yeah, you, we were winding through just to go through security for probably a good thirty minutes or so. But then once we got in, it was pretty smooth. They assigned us our room, and we just walked right on. And we probably got onto the ship at. One, it was about one o'clock when we went on. They did not have us go in to the main like atrium, which I was a little bummed about because this was Adrian's parents. The Adrian's parents had never been on a cruise, period. So they chose a 13-night transatlantic cruise as their first time. On wow. Ship. <laughs> so so I was they we, they just had us get on like at the deck, deck four. the deck four, um, you know, the walking deck. We just we just got on there and then we walked in <laughs> from there. It was kind of funny. Well, once That's you got okay. through sort of the chaos of the terminal, it was pretty smooth. Yeah, challenge is getting on the ship. Now, how many days at sea did you have before you hit your first port? Right? Because there isn't any, I don't think there's any port like that you go to close to Miami, right? You just nope. <laughs> start out across the Atlantic. Yeah, we left Miami and then six days at sea. Beautiful six days at sea. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> so good. It was the oh best. My God. That was the yeah. best part. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, okay, what are some of the highlights from, we're not going to, we won't go through day by day, of course, because that would take probably three shows to cover at least. But what were some of the highlights from your days at sea? And of course, we have to know what were the seas like, because people are always concerned about that when you're out in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific, of course, when they do the Trans-Pacific cruisings. What is that like, um, you know, weather-wise and seasickness-wise? We had pretty good luck with the weather. And I I mean, we'd heard from people who had done this before, because there's kind of a contingent of people who do... EBTAs. The, the, yeah, the EBTA, like every year. Like, I think there was a couple people that we spoke to who this was like their sixth EBTA. So wow. they kind of are retired and this is what they love to do. So kind of interesting. But um, so we've heard that they do have a bit of leeway, you know, if they go more north or more south, depending on the weather. So we had one day where it was raining, but the sea was smooth. It was glass on some days where it was really odd. You thought that you were out on a lake. So we had wow. very little of anything, honestly, at all. And mm-hmm. I get very, very, very seasick. So I came well stocked and mm-hmm. there were no issues for anyone at all. You, you, I don't care how seasick you get. This cruise was the smoothest you could have ever possibly imagined. Smoother than the, any Bahamian cruise that we've gone on. Wow. The only thing, once we were in Europe, there was one night between port stops where there was like a storm went through. But other, but yeah, but across the Atlantic, nothing. Again, a, a little bit of rain, but it wasn't even that cold. I don't, I don't get that cold, but but it was it was fine. So and those days were just glorious, just doing bingo and <laughs> going to listen to seminars. There was and all kinds it was, of stuff. Th- there was so yeah. much. They packed so much in, so many special things in that you wouldn't get on another cruise because you don't have the time. Yeah, um, that was just really amazing the things that they offered on this cruise. Yeah. I want to get to that. I wanted to say the one negative that we found of all the sea days is the time change. Mm. So of course you're moving ahead. I think we had a total of six. Five. Yeah, six. Right by the end. By the yeah. end. Yeah. By the end it was six. Six one hour changes ahead. So that right. was weird. That was a little different. I think it would be a lot nicer coming the other direction. Obviously, where you're gaining an hour or getting an extra hour of sleep. Um, that was a lot. And we felt bad for the crew, honestly, in that situation, because they, I mean, that's just, that's just, yeah, yeah they're just are. losing an hour of rest. Yeah. Every yeah, day. Every yeah. Night, yeah. And we heard from our stateroom host that they would then on those nights, allow them to start up 30 minutes later. But still that was, so that was a little tricky for us. So like, I can't imagine for them too, but anyway, but yes, overall, the special things that we got to do, I kind of thought, oh, we'll relax. I don't know. Do you get bored with six days at sea? No. There were so many things that Disney had planned. And then a lot of stuff, it was this like, well, what are my chances to ever get to do these kind of experiences again? Because they only do them on longer sailings, right? So I was like, I mean, there was a couple of days where I was like rushing from one activity to the next one. And I was coming in. And it was like, what is this? I thought this was going to be this 13-night easy cruise. You mentioned some special activities. What what were some of those activities? The big one they had, um, Bruce Kimbrell, who I don't, I don't even know. I think he's had like... He worked for the Disney company for 40 years. He worked on jewelry. He said he worked in, I think, 18 different roles or something along those lines. So he 
um, I think it's is what like he a, does now. It, it's what yeah. he does. He is just a, a wealth of knowledge about all things Disney. So he had a series of four or five uh, hour plus seminars talking about the history of Disneyland and just a variety of topics where you know he, he's just going into these deep cuts. He actually um, has a piece of carpet carpet from Walt's apartment, like original carpet from Walt, and he brought it out on the. Oh, that's so cool. He's like, and if you want to come up and touch it, you can come up and touch it. Right. <laughs> he's, random. Or he's, he's going into some just arcane details that you, you, you're not going to really understand anywhere. Like they replace the trees on Main Street every eight years because it's 5-8 scale and the trees will get too big and that'll mess with the scale. Oh, my God. Things like that where you're like, that's super interesting. So if you're a Disney nerd, yeah, you love it because it is just where do you get this from? Yeah. Oh, there was one thing about when they first built Disneyland. The land, almost all of the land that Disneyland is on, Disney only actually owns a very small stretch of it. I think he said it was from like Pirates to... No, I'm going to mix that up. But anyway, somewhere in that area, they do actually own the land. But most of it is actually rented. They rented it from the farmers that own the original land. They had assigned a 99-year lease initially. And then I don't remember how long ago it was. At some point, they then signed another 99-year lease. And he's joking. He's like, and all of those families live in Newport Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the, the re-upping of that lease, they became really wealthy. Probably I'm sure. That, that first yeah, lease they signed. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, I never knew that. Anyway, just, it was like little tidbits like that. that so was that was really the big thing. There are also several cooking seminars. They had uh, a morning show called what, Good Morning Disney Dream. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Where every morning they would have a little morning show where you can go watch in person and they would sort of kick off the day with what's going on. Um, just nice little things like that. And then, of course, a lot, there were several performers aside from just the, like the main UDB stage shows. Main stage shows. Yeah. They had several special performers that they actually brought new ones on when we hit our first or second port and then oh, brought awesome. another series of performers on. They had um, just some really interesting things like that, too. Which yeah. we can go. Did they have some of the Broadway, um, you know, performers? So they always have like one, there's usually one Broadway visiting, you know, artist or whatever, but that person's on for like a two month or three month contract. But often on these longer sailings, they will bring on some other Broadway or Broadway caliber performers to do some special nighttime shows. Curious about, I'm curious about those because that's something obviously that I'm obsessed with and love. Yes, we knew you would be. So they brought Mark, <laughs> is it Mark Edwards on, who was oh, awesome. Gaston in Beauty and the Beast? And he played Gaston on. Oh, that's awesome. So that so that was fun. And then they also had Michelle Knight. And she might just be the person who, because hers was a whole night. We actually didn't go to that one. I think we went to Paulo that night. And so we didn't see hers. But she, that was, that was the, it was just her singing was the main stage performance um, that awesome. night. We did have a few other things that were related to the theater that I took special notes in my phone just for you, Sam, because as hey! I was watching, I was like, Sam would love this. Uh -huh, they, yeah. had, they had a few like kind of behind the scenes things specifically related to Beauty and the Beast. So they had, we didn't go to this one. I don't remember why, but there was um, a puppeteering workshop where I think what I understood it to be was they were going to bring out the big puppets and kind of show how they worked and to demonstrate how that worked. And then they had a costuming workshop. And this was, again, it was in the middle of the afternoon, but in the, the big theater. Um, and so they had, you know, the woman who's in charge of like wigs and makeup come out and talk about her responsibilities and somebody to come talk about like the, even who repairs the costumes and who keeps right. them in order and how many costumes they need to have on the ship in case there's a problem. And, um, and then they had a bunch of the performers, the main stage performers come out in their Be Our Guest outfits and kind of show. And then you could go up at the end and kind of look pretty, I mean, like not touch it, but get pretty close to them and be able to see how it was, um, like see how they were. And then um, they also had a main stage Q&A at one point. This was the one that I was rushing to. I came in late. I stayed for the end of that and then rushed to a Bruce Kimbrell Q&A. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, because they talked... So they had four or five five of the main stage performers and then also the stage manager. And you could just ask them any questions you wanted to about their previous experience oh, so or how cool. it was. I just... It was really... I don't know if there's like any little tidbits I could tell you <laughs> just make to keep it quick. But um, And then the other one they had was a whole... I don't know what you call it. Behind the scenes for Beauty and the Beast. We but, got to see sort of the behind the scenes camera work and hear yeah. all of the direction that was being given to the performers. Yeah. So they showed us what it all looks like behind the scenes while the show is going on. Right. So how they change scenes, the sets and things like that. 
We've yeah. seen one of those for Aladdin um, on, I think it was on, I guess it must've been on the fantasy years ago, but we haven't seen anything like it since like the first or second time we sailed. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard that that was something that they hadn't done basically since pre-pandemic. Yeah. And this was like an invite only, like you had to be like bold or above to get to go yep. to it. So we had to like bring our little, you know, our little paper for it. Um, and yeah, they went into all kinds of stuff. There, hold on there. Um, let me pull my note. Yeah, they One, used to do I that was, as the it was as the gold platinum reception. Yeah. They did that pre-pandemic. But you're right. Yeah. I don't think they've done it. I mean, th- maybe they're starting to bring it back now, but they only did it on like longer cruises and, you know, pre-pandemic. So it's great to hear they're bringing that kind of stuff back. Awesome. Yeah, because they brought out the backstage crew and show, you know, so everybody could say what they did, talked about that. There was all kinds of little interesting tidbits with it. But um, yeah, just it was, that was really, really interesting. And then like Adrian was saying, they performed Be Our Guest, but where on the big screens they had, I think it was like a split view of like four different cameras showing. So like one was like a camera view on the lower level. So you could see what was getting prepared to come up on the lift. Oh, and then cool. they had the whole crew like whatever that was on their headsets, they were playing it over all the speakers so that we could hear what the crew was saying, you know? So it was like, so-and-so's in position, go on lift B. And then like, you would see the lift. I mean, it was, it was really neat. There was also um, one of the nights in Evolution for the adults, they did main stage cabaret. So it was any of the main stage performers could come. Or, I mean, I don't know how they set it up, but but there was probably 10 of them or so. And so they would get up, they would talk about like why this particular song was meaningful to them. And so, so it was kind of sharing some things about their life. And then they would just perform a song. So they weren't all Disney. They were mostly Broadway-ish songs, but from different musicals. And some of them was like, you know, this was the first musical they performed on stage. And I don't know, you know, it was different things. So that was really neat just to get to hear them kind of a little more in a relaxed way, but just to hear them singing and performing was neat. There's even a, a, a dance performance too. They did the USO show, which I guess was part of like the Marvel. Yes. So it's the Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yes. Yeah. We did Officer Hide and Seek was something else they did on one what of, is the that? of the so it's, the it's last fun. So see day? No, I don't know. I don't remember Toward which one, the end. But they did also uh, several officers line up on the stairs and then they are they go, they have five minutes or so to hide. They can hide however and wherever they want. So they will do costume changes and they will be anywhere in the ship. Nowhere is off limits other than backstage. So any guest areas, basically. Any guest area. Ship. So you had like cruise director Lee, he ended up changing clothes and then he was over at the cafe serving croissants. So ah! you had to know what Lee looked what like. What he looked like. And someone else was dressed up in, I think they were a lifeguard and they were up on the full deck. So it's just random stuff like that where the kids were just running around having a great time. Oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. Ah, I love that. I'm so jealous. All these sea day activities. And how many how many times a day were they doing bingo? Because you have all these days at sea, so they can do bingo every single day. I'm, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't do bingo so much on the ship because I'll spend all of our money that way if I do it. So I try to actually avoid bingo, but... So I think there were five days of bingo because I did all of them except for one. And the one I didn't do was the one where the person won the super jackpot at the end for $600. (laughs) So it wasn't bingo every day, but every day that they had bingo, I essentially did it. Nice. So to harken back to something you said, because, you know, a lot of folks will say, oh, don't you get bored six days at sea? Clearly, you all did it. But how'd the kids do? Did they keep themselves fully occupied for six full days at sea or were they starting to get a little stir crazy in the cabin? No, not at all. They had fun. So the older two went to um, Edge mostly. Our oldest went to Vibe a little bit as well. Um, and then the younger two were at the lab or, I mean, they, yeah, they like the lab more than the club. They're with like, our friend's yeah, daughter. But, but anyway, yeah, but with our friend's daughter as well. So yeah, the three of them would, and that was like a big privilege for them. We would say, okay, they could go check themselves in at the club and I mean, they had a great time. They, I mean, I mean, maybe a handful of times our youngest was like kind of done and just was like, I want to see you too. It was very cute. Sad, sad, <laughs> sad, but cute. Um, so then we tried to do a little more together the next day, but, and, and we still would because we were going swimming. Obviously we'd have lunch together. So I mean, right. we were still, still doing just regular family stuff as well. In addition to all of these other, th- and, other things. And my parents did a lot less than we did, right? They're yeah. older. And again, on a cruise like this, I think we had, but 2,743 guests and wow. only 400 kids. So it was a lot of wow. adults. Um, so my parents would sit on the pool deck and play cards or chat with people or, you know, just relax a lot. So um, they said they never got bored. We obviously didn't get bored because we were busy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did your folks like the, you know, six days in a row at sea 
considering they had never been on a cruise before. That That is, as we said, that's kind of jumping into the deep end of cruising. They really seemed to enjoy it. They didn't have any anything uh, negative to say about it. They said they loved it. They would do it again. Um, it was a great experience for them. Uh, they really enjoyed just everything that the cruise ship offered. They did go to some of the some of the activities as well, too. My dad played bingo a few times. Uh, he won one of the little bingo raffles, so they shared that with our kiddos. They went to the shows with us every night. Even like when we were at Apollo, they went to. So they enjoyed the shows, too. Like the nighttime entertainment was was good. They were just slower paced, but absolutely enjoyed it all. So you know, you mentioned they had more activities or felt like they had more stuff going on on the ship because it was six straight days at sea. I know we're going to be talking to Morgan a little bit later in the show about feedback about the kids club, but I'm curious, did you get a sense they have more stuff going on in the kids club? I think they, well, yeah, we'd have to ask them. I mean, they, they still more of the same, I think, you know, it was like they had pirates or heroes and villains that they play. It was just that there were lots of different individual components that I don't know. Yeah. We'd have to probably ask her for, for better information on it, but they seemed pretty entertained. They obviously every made day, friends. And, every day they were going to golf because there was something else happening. They're doing heroes and villains again, or they're doing some other activity after dinner. Yeah. Um, even late at night, they were out until like 11 after 11. One time at like 1130, I had to go drag our 12 year old out of there. I was like, you really need to come to bed now. We lose an hour tonight. You know, <laughs> like, right. It was, so it's midnight, basically. Right, right. Which was kind of a different experience. It was like, okay, I wasn't quite ready to have to go like find my kid. At, you, know, but, you know, but it was good. It was good for them. So good for them and us. <laughs> so let's start talking about ports because of course, you know, any European cruise ports are a huge highlight because they're not places that typically people are going every day, or at least not us, us Americans are going every day. What was the first port stop and what did you guys get up to there? So our first, after the six days of sea, we stopped in Ponta Delgada, which is part of the Azores uh, islands that are part of Portugal. Um, and they're, it's, they kept saying it's the Hawaii of Europe. Um, I think I'd sort of vaguely heard of it before, but certainly not in a way to be at all familiar with it. Um, but they're all volcanic islands, so created by volcanoes. And it's right on the edge of the plates between the European, the Atlantic, and the African plates. So I didn't know that either. But So there's several tr uh, tremors every day. Yeah, basically because they're right there where these, uh, wow. where these meet. And there's still a few active volcanoes. Um, so like, you know, our tour guide was like, no, so it can be any time. <laughs> we're like, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> we're stuck <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic and there's an active volcano. So we <laughs> took a tour there. It's actually the only one that we took a tour. Um, and it was the Furnace Hot Springs and Botanical Garden Tour. So we took a bus from the city, Ponta Delgada, around the island. I can't remember the name of the island, but anyway, thank you. Um, and it was really neat. So other than all felt a little nauseated on the roads winding around the islands, our kids were a little displeased with that part. So we stopped at a couple of places where there were just these, I mean, I mean, amazing, amazing views. We will send you some, some pictures. I just have never seen anything. It looked like Hawaii, some of the prettiest vistas and scenery that I've, I've seen in my life. It, we want to retire there is what we keep joking about because <laughs> it was so beautiful. And then we went to some hot springs, which, you know, again, so by this point, nobody's feeling fantastic after the bus. And then you get out to rather sulfuric smelling hot springs. So if you ask our children, they will say, oh, that was the stinky place. We're like, we're retiring. It was amazing. And our kids are like, it stunk. So, you know, it, <laughs> but they're not wrong. It, it was pretty bad smelling. <laughs> um, and then we went to a botanical garden. And again, just, just with a mineral spring beautiful. there as well, too. So there's people bathing there and it was just beautiful. Someone had built it up over time. Um, mm -hmm. And they brought in uh, vegetation from all over mm -hmm. uh, the world. So it was just this really lush, beautiful area where you can just walk around and explore. There's actually a hotel there on site too that people stay at. And we were there for probably an hour and a half or something. It was, and, and just I didn't even see all of it. It was, so it was just huge and beautiful. That sounds ama amazing. How big of a port was this? The city itself was not that big. So after, I think our tour was until about lunchtime, we actually went back to the ship to eat lunch. And then we went back. Our kids wanted to stay because they were kind of tired and wanted to go back to the kids' clubs, I guess. Um, so that maybe that's your answer of if they got bored. Um, even after our first stop, finally getting some kind of land and they just wanted to go back. The port was still... Small. It was yeah, pretty small. It, they were, it was a special celebration that day. It's like a local... It's a religious celebration. And so the streets were all lined with designs of 
they weren't all flowers, but it was like wood chipping. I don't know how to explain it. Again, we'll have to share pictures with you. But <laughs> it was this thing where they have a procession that goes through the town. So we just happened to get lucky. It's just once a year that they have this. It was a Sunday afternoon. Um, so it was really neat. It was decorated and we got to walk around and see that. It was a small town, but nice. It was just beautiful. And I think there were there may have been one other ship in port with us. It was a it was a very small port. So after the Azores, which is just, I mean it's just a grouping of islands off the coast of Spain, sort of like the first place you could land the ship before mm-hmm. before uh, hitting the main continent here. I where, where did you head next? Are you off to Portugal, at Lisbon, or we had another sea day, and okay. then we got to Lisbon, Portugal. Gotcha, gotcha. And so what did you get up to in Lisbon? In Lisbon, we went to a castle. Uh, there was a lot of hills in Lisbon. If you haven't been to Lisbon, so. Um, lots of walking, lots of steps that day. We went to a castle where uh, apparently you could have bought tickets online and not have to stand in the 30-minute ticket line, but their website wasn't working properly. But it was it was real beautiful up on the top of the hill, and you can see um, the, the city and the port all around you. And then we also went to a cathedral mm-hmm. in Portugal mm-hmm. as well, too, which was uh, quite nice. There were also tuk-tuks. A lot of people just, you know, you just walk off the ship and hire a tuk-tuk to drive you around. We were with Adrian's parents that day. So, I mean, there was eight of us and I don't know, felt awkward, didn't speak Portuguese. So we just walked. So I don't know if that was the the better answer, but uh, we got a lot of exercise that day um, going up and down the hills. And I mean, it's it's really nice. We really, really liked Lisbon as well. In the Azores and in Lisbon, Disney excursions or were you just kind of out wandering on your own? Uh, in Ponte Delgado, that was a Disney excursion. Okay. In Lisbon, we walked out uh, on our own by ourselves. And it was, the port is close enough to be able to do that. There were some who took excursions a little further off. So if we go back, we'll know what to do now, or you would need to take an excursion and take a bus to get to it. But there was plenty to do right around the port. We actually ate there. Wasn't that in mm-hmm. Lisbon? The two of us and Morgan, we had lunch there as well, too. And it was for something right by the port. Very good and relatively inexpensive. What did the younger kids do? If you and Morgan were having, you know, having lunch near the port, were, did they stay on board with the grandparents? They or did. Were they they were to- with us for the, well, so they kind of did the same thing. They were with us for the morning. Basically, we wiped them out by dragging them to this castle and going up and down the hill and, you know, plenty of complaints. Right. <laughs> You know, and heat, and it was pretty warm. And anyway, so they went back, and and yeah, the grandparents said, um, "Oh, we'll we'll take them back." And we said, "Great." So again, one thing that was really nice about pretty much all of these cities was that the port was really close to the town, so it was very easy to just we walked them back to the ship, got them on board. I think we used the restroom and filled our water bottles, and then turned around and walked right back off. And it was you know three minutes, and you're back to um, you know really the the city. So it was very accessible, really convenient. So what was the next port that you guys went to? Um, we stopped at Cadiz next. So then we went, um, it was in Spain. So we stopped at Spain, or, yeah, in Cadiz, Spain. And then um, and then, so all the rest of them were in Spain. Do you want to talk about that? Was... Yeah, so my cousin um, actually moved to uh, Tarifa in Spain relatively recently. And Tarifa is between Cadiz and Malaga. So on both of those days, we actually got to spend time in the cities with him and his wife. Oh, wow. We got to explore Cadiz. So we didn't do any excursions there. We went to a cathedral and climbed up the bell tower, which was a lot of steps. <laughs> I'm sure the kids loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically the theme of dragging the kids up to look at interesting places from high, you know, climb up high to look at interesting places. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, we would always go to their central market where they would have, you know, tons of fish stalls and things along those lines just to try to experience there. And that was Cadiz, just walking around, wandering, seeing what they're Found a cafe like. there. We actually wound up playing, I think, for like 45 minutes at a playground because um, our kids were really excited about a playground. Yeah. So, you know, hey, why not? Um, and Adrian's cousin played with them, which was fun. Played a lot of uh, tag with them around the playground, so which is good because <laughs> they'd never met him. I mean, it's a cousin who is from Spain. I'm sorry, excuse me, from Italy, um, who had just moved in the past couple of years to, to Spain. So that was another minor factor in why we liked this itinerary so much was because not only would we get to see the rest of the family in Italy, but we would also be able to see this cousin who had moved to Spain. So anyway. And then we also, as we do in every stop, we try to find a place and buy some chocolates and bring them back because we love chocolate. Oh, I mean, who doesn't love chocolate, right? Especially from Europe. <laughs> yes, it's way better. So you had so the next port that you went to, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it, but it's another Portugal, uh, or sorry, another Spanish port where your cousin joined you. What did you do with that port? So that was um, Malaga. So the in the night in between, we went through the Strait of Gibraltar, which was oh, pretty cool. cool. And we were, I was particularly excited about. I kept joking. I was like, I don't care if it's one in the morning. I'm staying up and saying hi to Africa. 
So and it was, about and it, one it was about one in the morning. And wow. but there were tons of people. We didn't even stay up late enough because I think by the time we actually went through the straight, it was like two a.m. or something, wasn't? It? I think we kind of threw in the towel. Like we we were like we we can't get up and function in the morning if we're if we're yeah. staying up too late. But there were. 150, 200 people up on deck, up on, what would that be? Deck 12, I guess, at the very front. 13. Oh, 13. Yeah. Who, I I mean, it was like a party atmosphere in the middle of the night because so many people were staying up to see the Strait of Gibraltar as we went through. But we could see, I mean, it was, I can't think of the name of the city right now in Africa, Morocco. It was Morocco. I just can't think of the name. Casablanca? It wasn't Casablanca. It was um, also with a T. I can't believe I can't. Well, anyway. uh, Tangiers. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Okay. This is what happens when you're on the spot trying to <laughs> trying to think of stuff. So so we could see the lights for a good hour before that. And as oh, we got cool. so it was like that was enough. It was like, all right, I, I feel like I've seen it. I'm not I don't need to stay up and see a lighthouse in the dark that tells me we've technically gone past Gibraltar. So um anyway, but a lot of people did. Like I said, it really it was it was very windy. It was very cold up on up on the top, but a lot of people were up there just for the experience. That was kind of neat. So in Malaga, we um that was the actually where it kind of started to get a little bit rough. That next night was when when a kind of storm came in, it was kind of threatening rain all day. We wound up not doing a ton because then it started raining and it was kind of like, a, well, we're trying to not get soaked. And by the time we got back on the ship, I mean, we were, we were like drenched, I think, by the time we got back um, on the ship. So mostly it was just walking around the town a little bit. They had a huge um, central market. We went to... Um, it was called the Alcazaba. It was kind of a, a Moorish influence. I don't know if it was a fortress or like a castle, um, but it was it was built up onto. It was another hill, um, another, <laughs> another time dragging everybody else going going uphill. But it was beautiful. And so we went um, six years ago, seven years ago to the Alhambra and like to those areas in Spain. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of had a little bit of that feel to it. Not not quite the same, but still part of that sort of more more influence in um, in Spain. So that was really neat. How was the food in that area? I feel like I, I imagine it would be quite good. The food was all good everywhere. Yeah. It, was, it was really good. Yeah. Again, being on the coast, you're getting a lot of seafood, a lot of fresh seafood. Uh, yeah. Again, very reasonably priced everywhere in Portugal and Spain. Um, my parents, or maybe more my dad, has been talking about, oh, maybe we should move to Spain. So my mother is tolerating those conversations for now. And we'll see what happens. I just read an article the other day that lots of Americans are retiring to Portugal these days. So, uh, so there you go. Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you you, our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. I forgot to ask, in Portugal, did you get a chance to try... Portugal is famous for port wine, as I recall. So do you get to try any port wine in Portugal? With the chocolate, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. It should be. Yeah, we don't drink, so we didn't. But we did okay. pass a shop for it. I don't think... you Did your dad? No, but I did buy several cans of very expensive fancy sardines, which I <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's got their thing, That's right? right. <laughs> I don't touch sardines, but you know, I also don't dr- drink uh, port. I, I like... I, I do drink. I just don't drink port. But but I would be all about that chocolate and, you know, probably some of the other seafood. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you had two stops there in Spain, both of which you got to see Adrian's cousin. What was your next stop? Uh, the last one was in Cartagena. So one more stop before the final one. It was actually like a half day. We had like all aboard time, I think was like 1230 
oh. 12 or 12.30 or something. So it, was, so it was a pretty early one. Um, so the kids actually did not even get off at that point. So another thing that was interesting about this, and we kind of had discussed this a lot with our friends who traveled because they've done way more cruises than we have, um, but how it was a little odd that you had six days at sea, really then one stop and then another day. I mean, the first part was very slow in the sense that you weren't going. It was just very a very different yeah. feel than when you were doing what did we have then five days in a row of port days, basically. Yeah. So those days were were pretty tiring because it was and they were warm. Other, I mean, even when it was raining, it wasn't actually that cold. They were pretty warm. And so our kids were pretty tired by that day. Um, and, it, and it was a short one anyway. So they just stayed on board. Um, but Adrian and I got off again, it was that the port was right there. So it was very easy to get from the ship um, into the city. So we just, we walked around. You and I got a little bit of uh, food. We walked, just went into some shops. There was a Roman amphitheater. So we walked to that. There, I think there were a few excursions that day, but mostly they were like city tours. It seemed like a lot of the excursions at all of these places, the Disney excursions, at least we didn't really look into other options, but um, were either hour or two hour bus drive somewhere out of the city, or it was like a walking tour in the city. So that's why we kind of felt like, well, we've never been to these places places. We'd like to see the cities, but we might as well just take our own walking tour and then get to go where we want. So that was kind of the the calculation there. But I don't think there really could be that day because the stop was really so short. It looks like from the schedule, you got in at 7 a.m. and then left it just past yeah. noon. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. really short, especially so that you early. can go and you can have an early lunch, um, yeah. walk around, buy some buy some things, which we did. I tried I almost I tried to buy a sport coat, but they didn't have it in my size. So that was disappointing. So I found one in Italy later on. Um, but that was really all you could do that day. Well, I'm, I'm curious about food because these longer cruises, they've got to, you know, get past the standard rotational menus pretty quickly. Did you get any special menus that uh, you thought were particularly noteworthy? We had a different menu every day for 13 days, which was great. Um, We sort of felt we we were joking with our server team that they had, I think it was 12 or 13 different outfits that they had to wear. (laughs) It seemed like (laughs) Well, they even brought in like we had the Arendelle menu from The Witch. Yeah, we the frozen, like one night yeah. all of everybody had that, and they had like their outfits were the Arendelle outfits. Like I don't, what weren't they? Mm-hmm. They were. Yeah, like so it was very, it was very interesting. A lot of yeah, a lot of that. Well, they do that. So that menu they do have historically done in Europe and in the Alaska season. So it's like coordinating with the frozen night at sea, which they do obviously instead of pirate deck party for those listening. Um, those European sailings typically have a frozen night at sea, as do the Alaska sailings. They do not have fireworks accompanying them because of the locations of the ships. Typically, well, for sure, not in Alaska, but most parts of Europe, they don't as well. But there are some exceptions to that. But yeah, they usually do have that menu that has the, the that amazing scallop dish with the puff pastry on top of it. I'm obsessed with that thing. But yeah, I love that they have that. They had a special transatlantic menu. They had let the magic begin. Mm-hmm. They had the regular rotational menu. They had we had a pirate night with fireworks. Then so you did have a pirate night also. Oh, because yeah, because you're in that part of Europe, you can yeah. We right. had two different fireworks nights. One was a pirate night, and then one was our abbreviated 25th anniversary Shimmering Seas celebration, which we can get into later. <laughs> but the, my favorite meal there was a, a venison loin. Uh, on one of the nights, the, all of the food overall. And again, we had, we were selling with what, 11 people mm-hmm. and I think 10 different special uh, diets. Yeah. So we are, we are not a fun group, basically. Is, is, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> so it was very challenging for our service team, but they tried. And for the most part, we were able to get some pretty good food. Some nights were better than others. Uh, there were never really any stinkers. Everything was pretty good. So what have we missed from this cruise? Were there some other highlights? Uh, you know, whether did you guys do anything um, fun at the spa? Um, were there other, you know, onboard things that we missed? Okay, I'm looking through my stuff because yeah, things I forgot. So okay, our our 10 year old wanted us to mention that she got to go to the Bippity Boppity Boutique. Oh, she had been watching YouTube videos. She knew like which package she wanted and what the different things came in. I mean, she it was like cracking us up. She'd been saving her money. She this was like a big thing for her. So she got to go along with um Catella, our friend's daughter. They um the two of them went together. So it was, you know, it's very different cruise when there was mostly adults and not so many children, and obviously oh, yeah. as many nights as there were. So we were the only people at the Bippity Boppity Boutique when we were there. Um we asked the uh, fairy godmother apprentice who was helping her. We just, we, I don't remember what brought it up, but just said, oh, it seems like, you know, hopefully this cruise has still been okay for you guys. And she said, oh yeah, usually we have about 96 appointments a day. She said, today we have four. 
and we were two of them. <laughs> and, and the two of them are, it was like, it was just so, so different for them, which 96 sounds crazy, but she's, I mean, but, but I, I guess if there's, they do four, or they have six chairs and they do, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but that was what she oh told us. Oh my so. God. Thankfully, that's not a tipped position. Cause that was my only stress for them. Right. So I was like, I really hope this is not like for them. Hopefully that was a, a nice break of a cruise where they're not working such crazy days um, rather than a negative. Um, another special thing that they had was they did these group photos with the characters and I, oh. it was, they did it on sea days. And so it was like the kind of the big eight and they would all be in different outfits. And so it was like at two o'clock on every sea day. Um, and so it was just their classic outfits on formal night. They were wearing their formal clothes. And so you could go get a photo. It was on the stairs. And so it was what, like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Chip and Dale. Um, and they were all in their special clothes. This was one of those things on the cruise that clearly people knew about it. And it turned into this crazy thing. Even on the Navigator, it got to where it only showed it as a five-minute activity. So if you were not in line within those five minutes, you didn't get to do it. And we heard from people that you would wait in line for like 45 minutes or an hour to get these pictures. So wow. I, I mean, it looked really neat. We would watch from like the upstairs from upstairs and peek over the balcony. I was like, Oh, cool. Today they're in there. There was an Italian you know, outfit. Was or European pirate outfit. Outfits. Just variety of outfits. And there was actually a another guest on board who somehow <laughs> had uh, gotten information on what all of Minnie's outfits were for the entirety of the cruise. And she coordinated <laughs> perfectly with Minnie every day like and shoes. took a photo with Minnie every single day. It was amazing. Oh my God. Like an interesting thing to watch. We never met her and spoke to her, but it was like, okay. I did. I told her that it was impressive. Oh, you did? <laughs> that is amazing. She must have a friend who's not just a cast member, but a cast member who is in the entertainment staff, because those are the people who would be able to know that, like sort of that level of detail that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So we never waited in line for that because it looked neat, but just was not something that I necessarily wanted to spend my time on. But that was cool. It was a unique well, thing if, that for people who are into it, I mean, that's a cool yeah. thing that you can only do on these kind of sailings. Well, and if they cut off the line after the first five minutes, which to for those listening, if, if you don't understand what we're talking about, let me just give a, a brief primer. With character meet and greets on the ships, Sometimes they have them scheduled like 15 minutes apart in the same location. Usually they're like 30 minutes apart in the same location. So like Mickey might be at the, on the deck three in the, or deck four in the atrium at 10 a.m. And then Minnie's going to be there at 10.30 a.m. Well, they're not going to let people continue to get in line after like 10.20. So they'll usually cut off the line at about, you know, 10.15, 10.20, depending upon how many people are in line. And then they start the line for mini, maybe 15 minutes early. And they do that because otherwise, if they let everybody in that Mickey line, Mickey will continue to be there past 1030. And they can't have that because they've got it scheduled just so. So that's what Adrian and Emily are talking about with this, obviously, this special character meet and greet, which you've got the most popular, you know, eight Disney characters, everyone and their mother is going to want to take that picture. And so if you're not there in the first five minutes, you are not going to be able to get in line. We also had the, um, so the 25th anniversary fireworks, Adrian sort of alluded to. Oh, yeah. This was the first 25th anniversary sailing on the dream, at least. I don't know if other ships had it sooner. But so I think it felt a little like even as they were trying to kind of do the pre-show, like maybe they were not quite sure what they were doing. It was a little rocky, even at the beginning. That was when I think we messaged you and said, um, Rebecca of DCL Duo. Oh, yes. Fame, who everybody was, was looking for on there. She did like a rapid fire. She was, they were just like interviewing random people. Again, I think they were kind of stalling. Um, and so she, she was asking stole our rapid fire. I know. Like, we, we've sent her a cease and desist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're on it too. <laughs> no, she was nice. And it made it, it made, that made it so fun for us to get to see her around the ship. So that was great. So they finally got the fireworks going and the music's playing and that was fun. And then they just stopped. The fireworks just stopped and the music kept going, but it never, there was never really a finale. And we were like, well, that was strange. <laughs> and so we found out later and had on good authority from crew members that some teenagers had jumped the barriers into the areas where you're not supposed to go oh, no. during the fireworks show. And so they had to just cut the show immediately. Um, yeah, so, so a couple, a couple nights yeah. later, and this was, again, it was while we were doing our sea days. So like the, our the day or two yeah. after that, we were talking about it after dinner once and someone happened to get in the elevator with us and said, oh, my 
child is friends with the couple of kids who had went through the barrier, their entire parties are being removed at our first stop and will never be allowed to return to DCL again. So we don't wow. know if that's true, but so, so that was a, fr- that was a full third hand information, <laughs> yeah. but that is what we heard happened. But, wow. Our WhatsApp group of cruisers was going crazy when this happened, because this is going to be most people's only experience and opportunity to see the, the 25th anniversary celebration. And it got cut short. So it was a little disappointing. Which, you know, from a safety perspective, obviously for Disney, that's that's a pretty right, huge one. I mean, that's a that's a total disaster. If somebody got hurt from a firework, that's that's clearly a major, major problem. So who knows if that if the results for those families was true, but um, but that wow. is yeah. So that was a bummer. Well, yeah, but, I mean, this is major pyrotechnics that they're doing at sea, right? This is a to your point, Emily, this is a big deal, right? This is a safety-wise, a huge deal. And it's a big part of that top deck that they cordon off so that nobody can go really anywhere close to where they shoot the fireworks off the ship. Um, and so, wow, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if those people were actually removed at the port and banned from Disney Cruise Line, which is a, a tough pill to swallow for the parents if it was caused by their teenagers, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) The silver lining was they got removed from the ship in Ponta Delgada, which we mentioned was very beautiful. So if they were stuck there for a few days, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we would have stayed. We thought about it. Adrian, Emily, I think we could talk all afternoon about your fabulous eastbound transatlantic cruise, but we have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment are the round we know as rapid fire. So, Sam, you want to take it away? Well, you guys, you know, it's been a while since you've been on the show, and now you have hit your Fab Five. That's what we're calling it, Adrian. You had mentioned earlier you weren't sure what we're calling it. You've been on all five ships now. And so I feel like we need to redo your favorites from Disney Cruise Line. So I hope that you've got, you know, some good answers. I hope that you give me some right answers because otherwise, obviously, you face my judgment. Okay. So we do, though, need to tell you we have not, we were going to do the fantasy. We were booked on the fantasy and then had to change it for this one. So we actually still have not quite. So just just so you know, those things will not be in the running for our answers. Okay. Never mind. So you haven't hit your Fab Five yet. But (laughs) not yet achieved that status. (laughs) Okay. But we're still going to ask your favorites. And it has to be limited to the ships you've been on. You cannot answer the fantasy for any of your (laughs) answers. Okay. All right. Favorite onboard show. We're talking the main stage shows. Emily, we'll start with you. It has to be Beauty and the Beast. I'm just trying to be fair and then not just be that just because we just saw it and we saw so many neat behind the scenes things about it. But that was amazing. I love Beauty and the Beast anyway. I, that was just really amazingly well done. I think the Tangled show is mine, Rapunzel. I, I really enjoyed that one. Those are both, those are in the top running. Um, I, I will say Emily and I are simpatico, but I do love the Tangled show as well. Okay. Favorite adult space on board. A Disney ship. We spent a lot of time in evolution on this one because there were so many things at night. And you had to fight for space, by the way, to get there. There were so many adults on it. If you weren't there early, you didn't get it. But I'm waiting for you to jump in. I'm thinking about the wish, actually. Uh, you're, this is for any ship, right? Yep. Oh. Any ship. Yeah, I really did like Hyperspace Lounge. So it's going to be an unpopular answer, but I know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I, again, I've, I've gone to Hyperspace Lounge and I've gone to Focus Cantina at Hollywood Studios more than once. And <laughs> I just thought that. Hyperspace Lounge was a more pleasant experience mm. for someone who's a Star Wars fan. I love the little subtle rumble in, in there as well too. I the the drinks, the non even the non-alcoholic drinks I felt were good. Uh, good company, small space, but that's probably my favorite. It's not like I love any of the adult spaces though. There's not one where it's like I need to go back there. I love that one so much, but I did really enjoy Hyperspace Lounge. Unless you count Apollo, in which case oh, yes. that's obviously the adult space. The right answer, it. yeah. <laughs> like, Forgot about that. Clearly there is only one answer. That's that, it. Well, you know, that there's many right answers I think to this question, but I Apollo is a great answer. All right, your favorite rotational dining. Now you've been to quite a few of them. Uh, Emily, why don't we start with you? I might pick from the wish too, maybe in say 1923, because I really, really liked the the decor in there, all the kind of Disney history and the little bit of memorabilia that were in there. Again, I'm trying to like force myself to not only just think about this cruise because we spent five or six nights, whatever, lots of nights in each of the main dining rooms on this one. But yeah, I think I might say that it's unique. 
Yeah. What about you, Adrian? I, I think I'd go with Royal Palace uh, on this last cruise. They had us in this little, little. it was still a big room. Um, mm, off, off to the, to the side. side. was nice. Um, which was really nice and just quiet. Nice. All right. Favorite onboard sea day activity. Adrian, we'll start with you. Bingo, bingo, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily, what about you? I think going to the spa. This was the first time we went to get um, massages, and that was really, really nice. We also had the rainforest, yeah, the rainforest for, for the entirety of the cruise. Yep. All right, favorite sweet food item? At Palo, they made me a, a gluten-free, egg-free panna cotta, which was really nice. It had a... Uh, some uh, raspberry panna cotta with it and a mint foam. It was really nice. And I had that, I think, all three times. So that's my favorite one so far. Yeah. Emily, what about you? I'm thinking of two things at the moment. We kept getting this shake of vanilla bees while we were on the ship this time. That was very good. It was chocolate-covered strawberry shake. Yes. It was really, really good. Nice. Um, the other thing, I don't know if it was my favorite, but just to mention, on the sailing, they had different flavors of soft serve than I remember seeing. Like there was blueberry, there was mint. I don't remember no. seeing those. And one of the days I just mentioned to the guy, because we were getting like the allergen-friendly cone from him. And I just said, hey, this is really cool that you guys have different flavors. You know, like I really liked the mint. That was really neat. Like I like mint ice cream. And then like two days later, he saw me come over and he said, hey, did you see we have mint today? That, and that's remembered. like just something about the people on a Disney cruise that just like the guy who's in charge of the soft serve station remembered that I liked mint. They brought it out on another day and he wanted to make sure that I saw it was there. Like they're just, they're amazing. They're awesome. so, I'm like, sure. I mean, of course, dogs, I'm just, but those are like, experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite savory item. So if I'm allowed to say Paulo, then I will say the sure. gnocchi that we had there was, I, I don't even I don't know. It was amazing. I don't. I don't have words. Okay, that's how. That's how. <laughs> that's good. You know, it's good when you don't have words. What about you, yeah, Adrian? Ah, uh, there you go. It's so good. It's so, so, it kills so good. it every time. Okay, we already know Adrian's answer to this question, so I'm just going to ask Emily this question: Aqua Dunk, Aqua Duck, Aqua Mouse. I would still probably say the Aqua Duck. However, it was a little bit chilly on this this sailing. It was fine out on deck and the pools were heated on most of the days. I only actually went on it once because it was cold, but I just like the it's longer than the aqua mouse, the aqua duck. I did do once, but once is good and I'm fine. I don't need to scare myself that much in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And we know for those who didn't hear earlier in the show, Adrian is aqua dunk like Brian. They are crazy. Okay. <laughs> now... <laughs> I need to know now, which is your favorite ship? And this is a hard question because now that you've been on The Wish, um, you know, there's obviously competition from The Wish, but you also now spent how many nights on The Dream? And so I feel like that can, you know, 13 nights, that can that can really change someone's perception of a ship just spending that much time. So yeah, which one is your favorite, Adrian? As a ship itself, I will say The Wish. Um, I actually thought that the wish was really nicely designed because it was unique and different. Mm -hmm. But when I consider everything, itineraries especially, because yeah. after this, we're long cruise fans. We don't want to take any short cruises anymore. Um, and I have to factor in the food, which I didn't think was fantastic on the wish. Mm -hmm. But on the dream, they have all of the food that we can eat in all of their pizzas, the allergy-friendly pizza. So I'm going to say the dream. Wow. All right, Emily, what about you? I want to clarify about the food because the food on the wish, like the deck food is really good. So we have a combination of allergies, which gets tricky. So like Adrian can't have gluten, but he also can't have egg. And often the gluten-free items have eggs. So that's why on the wish, there were some limitations. Like the gluten-free pizza had egg in the crust. So anyway, that's why. Overall, I think the wish, don't want to knock the food on the wish. That was pretty good. That's we awesome. are obsessed um, with the food on the wish. Let me yeah. just put that yeah. out there. So <laughs> yeah. I understand yeah. there is a, a very different perspective in, you know, from people in general, but also with with that kind of allergy restriction, of mm -hmm. course, there's going to be some places that just are better than others for you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to take the cop out answer. I think of whichever one you're on. <laughs> like, I mean, we, I will say we still really loved the magic because there is kind of something about the smaller ships that mm -hmm. is nice. And I think we would feel the same way if we went on the wonder. And I mean, like Jason and Benjamin kept saying the same thing because they go they're West coast. And so they go on the wonder a lot more and just really mm -hmm. feel like that smaller ship has a different feel, even with the, the crew. Um, yeah. Maybe I might still say the magic. I, that's, that's just an impossible. I don't know. <laughs> All right. 
right. I'm sorry. I know that's not a real answer. No, it's okay. I listen. You're not the only person who has answered that way. You know, I, I, while I do have favorites, I, it does kind of change depending upon which one I was on last. So that, that <laughs> makes sense. Too. All right. Well, thank you guys for playing. We appreciate your, um, you know, humoring me on this. Uh, I have to give Emily the win for her answer to Beauty and the Beast. Pooey. <laughs> I say pooey. <laughs> well, we mentioned earlier in the show that we were going to have Morgan join us to talk about her experience in the uh, the Kids Club and on this eastbound transatlantic sailing. And so, Morgan, welcome to our show. Hi. What did you think of six straight days at sea? Did you find enough to occupy yourself on the ship or did you, uh, did you get a little bored? I didn't really get too bored. I feel like there was so much going on at the kids clubs that there's not very much time to get bored. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you like to do in the kids club? I like the video games and just hanging out with crafts. Awesome. Now you got to go to both Vibe and Edge. Um, tell us because you're 14. So tell us what which one you liked better and maybe why and what sort of differentiates those two clubs because our son Nathan is only nine. So he's an Oceaneers club Oceaneers lab kid. So we have no experience and know very little about edge and vibe. So we'd love to know, you know what was better and what's kind of the difference. I personally preferred edge. I just it felt more like including and like at vibe when it was like in a a scheduled activity or anything, the kids didn't really want to participate in it. Mm -hmm. Like the counselors really were like, I don't know. That's a teenager thing, I feel like, right? I mean, they're like the older teenagers don't necessarily want to be involved in like the organized activity activity, whereas the younger teenagers are more likely to engage. Am I am I maybe uh stating this correctly or maybe I'm wrong? I don't know. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, cool. Now, what kinds of activities do they do when you say they have like organized activities? Are they games? Are they shows? Like what are they doing in the in the clubs? Um, they had like video games, bingo, different like Games with the ball, um, karaoke. Oh, nice. And villains. Oh, Just awesome. Did a big variety. Cool. Well, I'm jealous. I feel like so they have some stuff that adults probably would want to do. But then your sister, your 12 year old sister, was able to go with you as well. Right? Yeah. She goes to oh. it. And which one did she like better, do you think? Did she prefer to go to Edge or did she prefer to go to the club slash lab? Um, I'm pretty sure she preferred Edge. Yeah. You have a lot more freedom in Edge as opposed to the the kids club, as I understand. And you don't have to like sign in and out, right? When you go into the club, you just kind of walk in and out or or how does that work? Yeah, you can just leave whenever you want or come whenever you want. But you have to have a sticker on your card. Gotcha. Now on the dream and the fantasy, they have the one, I would say the coolest um, teen area is that outdoor area on the front of the ship that has like a, it's like a little pool deck with maybe a jacuzzi in there and some lounge chairs. Did you spend any time there? I really didn't. I walked outside a little bit when, and when Edge invaded vibe, but I didn't really hang out there at all. Okay, cool. Well, I have to say I'm jealous of that area though in particular, which is the area that your parents know was taken over on the wish by the rainforest room. Yes. And so that's a, a really nice now adult area. Awesome. Tell us what was your favorite thing about the cruise? I really liked the different shows and the crew talent show. I thought it was really cool. Awesome. And which did you prefer, a day at sea or a day at one of the European ports? Probably day at sea. Yeah, because your parents dragged you up all of these like towers and hills and stuff and in the heat. Is that right? Yeah, it was really hot. (laughs) (laughs) Did you at least get rewarded like with ice cream or gelato or something good when you're in these like amazing European ports? Yeah, we got gelato sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) that's the reward. Grandpa likes what? He likes getting us gelato. Oh, I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. We really appreciate you coming on the show and um, and telling us about Edge and Vibe and your experience. It does not surprise me that a 14-year-old enjoys sea days more than European <laughs> port days. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Well, Adrian, Emily, as we wrap up the show here, we'd be remiss in not asking... What's next? What's next? So we wait, wait. We told our we told our twelve year old we'd say this. Next is an at home cruise that our children have planned for us. 
So if you remember um, last time, our 12-year-old <laughs> built a Lego Disney cruise ship. That's right. So this is her, now she's well, spent, she's 11 then. Now she's 12 now and, she's and her several. plans have moved up. Um, she Oh, several. I mean, she's they've written us questionnaires about, you know, what our needs are, what our preferences are. Do we want to be in a fish extender group? Do we want to, <laughs> we got to choose the dates? Um, she has menus planned. She has been working for days and days on trivia for us to do. She has schedules written out. And I keep telling her, I'm like, you know, we still have to like live normal life, you know? Right. Like, anyway, so I don't know. She is this child with these amazing and huge plans. So so we'll see. So that is our next one. I think that's coming up in August, I believe is what that's planned for. Um, um, wait, I have to say, uh, I think you've got a future cruise director in your household. Yeah, I think so. I, I could see that. So that I one is, that. is uh, departing from Leander, Texas, and mm-hmm. it's just going to return right back to Leander. Mm-hmm. Oh, spa. <laughs> she's got spa treatments planned for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's really got it planned out. So that's that's that one. Um, next year oh, on um, ships that. that actually go to sea. Um, we're gonna... So we have the EBTA reserved for next year, next May. Amazing. We also have the westbound transatlantic on our schedule because we love these long cruises so much. And then part of what Emily Wait, said was you're going to go and fly back. And then <laughs> later on in the season, you're going to fly over to Europe to come back. I remember think, it's cheaper for us to get a round trip ticket. To, right. to, <laughs> to, to be clear, I think there's very little chance of us doing both. But yes, as of right now, we do have both reserved. We and we'll see. And we'll see. <laughs> And remember, you start off with a couple of ports and then you just have all relaxation and then you go to Lighthouse Point. Yeah. So that that's a big selling point. The 2024 one then also goes to Lighthouse Point. So that's number two. And then two weeks after that one would get back, we have Puerto Rico to Galveston (laughs) uh, with Lighthouse and Castaway on that itinerary. So we'll see. So yeah, this is what we're hoping for. There's a dream list and then there's, all right, what are we going to have to cut? But yes, that's that's where it's at. So you've got... May and then you've got what is that like September October October and then November okay wow the November one is really appealing to us because it comes back to Galveston so if we just drive to Galveston leave our car there we could just do one way and it's really neat it just goes it's Lighthouse Point Castaway Key and then three days at sea and comes back to Galveston so that sounds kind of amazing and our friends Jason and Benjamin are going to be on that one and it happens to sail over what would be my mother's 75th birthday so then it would be that whole crew back together again. So so we're kind of hoping that would work out, but I don't know. Oh my God. that They all, listen, they all sound amazing. Uh, whatever you nail down on, obviously you have to come back on the show to talk about it or or them, because it sounds like you're probably going to go on <laughs> at least two. I'm guessing that you're going on two out of the three. I think Adrian's pushing for three out of three. That's Adrian's that's just a, what I'm. Adrian's a big dreamer. Is uh, is what we can. Yeah. Disney dream big. <laughs> <laughs> and you and it is the dream, right? So that you'd be sailing on at least on the the eastbound and the yeah. westbound. The other one's and the then magic. the other one must be the magic. I assume. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, you guys, I you know, like you said, dream big, Emily. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing all of your fun experiences from your eastbound transatlantic cruise. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks. It was great to be on again. Thank you. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 
413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.